Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. I want to welcome you into Locked On Coyotes as we head towards the end of our third week here and the Coyotes are uh, starting to roll a little bit. This is a little bit of a later podcast. This uh, is recorded after the Coyotes picked up the 5-2 win over Nashville on Thursday night. So another late podcast for you. Um, tough part, didn't get to preview too much. We did with Andrew Bell a little bit yesterday, but the good part a little bit of an instant react to the game and a lot to react to and uh, not a lot to really have to break down in terms of what went well. The Coyotes, again, picked up a 5-2 win over Nashville, a team a lot of people think are going to be one of the best, if not the best team in the Central. I think a lot of the consensus is, is that it's going to be Colorado, but if you had to pick another num- a number two in the Central, it probably would be Nashville. Uh, the way the Blues are playing right now, they are in second place technically in that central, but uh, three one and three, three overtime losses. So those, even though those count for points, if you really add up the record, it's uh, three and four for the Blues, four and three for the Predators following uh, the loss in Glendale. But more importantly for the Coyotes, they pick up their second victory in a row in three out of the last four. They've gotten points in uh, those four game stretch since dropping the first two to Anaheim and Boston. So teams starting to roll a little bit as uh, a lot a lot to get to in terms of uh, what went right. First we'll go uh, what went wrong. This isn't anything that necessarily went wrong, but 17 seconds into the game, Osterley takes a, Jordan Osterley takes a shot pretty high up in the neck area, and he didn't return after that. So pretty much five defensemen for the Coyotes all night long, and put a lot of minutes on the defenseman early in the season not the worst thing in the world obviously you'd rather have that well you'd rather never never have that but if you had to put extra minutes on your defenseman you'd rather have that early than late Um, so that depending on what the outcome is didn't really see any word on where Osterley is going to be for Saturday I think we'll hear more about it tomorrow but you got to think, especially since he got hit up there and he didn't come back, especially after it happened so early in the game that he'll most likely be out for Saturday at least. And for the Coyotes, uh, that means Ilya will probably draw in. So um, Kyle Capobianco played well tonight, and there's a lot of questions on whether it would be him or Labushkin. I wouldn't say a lot of questions, but... They're probably going to start splitting splitting time in the lineup, but with Osterley's injury and the way that Labushkin had played last year and his familiarity with the system, they'll most likely start seeing some more playing time as well. It'll be interesting to see who's going to be the one to come up uh, for the Coyotes. Again, obviously, could be a situation where stung Osterley and maybe he needs a, a couple games off, but not serious enough to put him on the IR and kind of wait for uh, wait for him to get back and may, pretty much create another roster spot for uh, somebody to play the seventh defenseman role. But I hope Jordan Osley is okay. But I'm sure what helped him feel a little bit better was watching his team go out to a dominant victory uh, as Christian Dvorak scored first, 6.06 into the first period. And a nifty move, he cuts inside and then just throws it in short side over the shoulder of Soros. That's his second goal where he has picked corner short side. He did that on Tuesday in Winnipeg, so goaltender's going to have to start playing that post a little more. That's dangerous 
when you have a guy that can pick corners like that with relative ease, all of a sudden goaltenders might start using that post a little bit more, getting a little higher, a little bit deeper in that crease, and uh, then he'll be able to start picking some far corners, whether it be bottom or top of the net. So Christian Dvorak off to a hot start. He's got three goals already, and all three of them coming in the last two games. And then Kessel, Phil Kessel, finally getting a goal for himself. Uh, that's at 10:34, so about four and a half minutes later, puts in a goal for the Coyotes to put them up two to nothing. And it was a beauty. A lot of quick puck movement at neutral ice as Kessel started the rush and then gave it to Stepan, who gave it to Keller, the blue line, who just very simply placed it on the tape of Kessel. And Kessel, the right-hand shot coming off the middle, was able to get a pretty uh, decent uh, pull on it as he was going to his right. So Kessel scored, and then in the second, Predators right back. Dante Fabro, speaking of uh, picking picking spots on the net, he ripped one that hit the inside of the post and went in far side on Kemper. So that was right after the Coyotes had a chance of their own driving the net. And then uh, right before the period ended, on the power play, Jacob Chikrin scored his first of the year. A sick pass by Nick Schmaltz, where Schmaltz coming in, looked off the defender, and then uh, ripped one past Soros. And so uh, the Coyotes ended up going up into the break 3-1. to one. Phil Kessel scored nearly six minutes in to the third period to make it 4-1, and then Predators scored a quick one to really try and bring it back, but the empty netter, uh, thanks to Carl Soderberg, his first as a Coyote, his first of the season at 17-10. The Predators, pretty much after uh, Bonino scored, after a good shot from Ellis from the point, and he got a good tip on it, he eventually, uh, the Predators right after that ended up pulling Soros pretty much, and Soderberg, a good play by Krause, it was a good block to get down, and a guy who uh, wouldn't say is in danger of being put out of the lineup, but with a guy that, uh, you know, with trying to get more time for Barrett Hayton, got to prove that you can stay in the lineup. And Austin Krause doing his job the last couple games. And so he got the block shot, and after that, the puck got pinned on the wall. Krause made a quick pass, and then pretty from red line in, the shot from Soderberg goes, so a really good job by the Coyotes tonight. Pretty much a, an overall team win, a team that playing really well. We Andrew and I went over it on uh, yesterday, just how well they're playing five-on-five. Five. But more impressive is the power play. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and then we'll talk about Darcy Kemper and, and the start he's had. But just a, a really good uh, really good start for the Coyotes. I know they lost their first two games. A lot of people were, I think, timid. I don't think there was necessarily any overreaction, but it was definitely a worry. Like, is this going to work? Is this something that, you know, just not able to, to get anything going? But for the Coyotes, they seem to be on the right track. They've gotten points in their last four games. Uh, they're on a two-game win streak, three out of the last four. So a team that's finally getting going, again, very early, can't overreact to anything, but 
the way the Coyotes are playing right now, have to feel really good about the way they're going and the track they're on, especially the way past seasons have started, and we'll see if they can continue that into Saturday against Ottawa. I think the most positive thing you can take away from tonight in terms of the Coyotes is they got three power play goals, and sure, there's always the, well, if you're going to score a lot of power play goals, what's the return five on five? Are they going to be able to score five on five? And sure, that's important. Not every team is going to be undisciplined, and not every team is going to take a lot of penalties like the Predators did tonight, but you got to be impressed, especially the way the power play has gone. Um, the three power play goals, the most in a game since uh, they took on the Flames and did the same thing in 2016, um, and that was on the back half, or the uh, front half of 2016, so the 15-16 season, so it's been a while since they've done that, nearly four years, and got contributions from everybody. They got Phil Kessel, a power play goal, Jacob Chikrin on a nice pass from Schmaltz, so, um, and Kessel was actually, both of his goals were on the power play, so a team that's not only clicking on the power play, but finding the, the trigger men that are able to to do what they were brought in to do, right? Phil Kessel brought in to score a lot of goals, try and help and, and jumpstart this offense. He's done that with his assists. Now hopefully he'll start with the goals. Uh, good to see Derek Stepan get back on the point sheet. Again, not a guy that you're going to expect 70 points from, but definitely want to get him closer to that 50-point range. That's his uh, second of the year, but good to see Stepan back on the score sheet. Keller got his fourth assist. Um, on that goal, Nick Schmaltz, on the other hand, six points in six games. He is starting to roll right now. So uh, very encouraging on the power play, especially Schmaltz, who had come in last year, and that was really where he was thriving. He was putting up a lot of power play points, really helping the Coyotes. And uh, for the, the team that struggled on the power play, again, they haven't had a good power play in what seems like forever. Even when they were going to the playoffs, their power play was always the weak spot. It was always the penalty kill. That was the best special teams area for the Coyotes. But uh, it looks a little bit different. I Again, the penalty kill is still fantastic. But if you can add that power play dynamic, I mean, the way the – you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and I, you, from last year and, and for the Coyotes, even though they look good, I don't know if they're anywhere near that, that level quite yet. But uh, Tampa Bay – top power play they had a top penalty kill too so when you can combine both of your special teams and really dominate the game whether you're on the man advantage or you're down a man or two it's very encouraging and again the the five on five numbers i'll we'll get them updated again we won't jump into it as much as we did yesterday but uh, just give you a quick update once hockey reference has that Completely in, um, obviously, a late night of games with the last game just ending about an hour ago. So they'll have everything up by tomorrow, but we'll take a quick look at those. But five on five, excellent numbers. Power play looks good. Penalty kill still excellent. So a team that, in terms of the special teams, have not been so kind offensively. They have really started to, to blossom here, and we'll see how it keeps going. Now, again, early, right? Seven games in. A lot of teams use a 10-game benchmark. And 
but it's really hard to find any flaws with this team. Now, that's just from a perspective of you watch the game on TV, maybe you take a, a few extra looks at some highlights and watch the condensed games on NHL TV, whatever it may be. Obviously, the coaches and, and the players dive in. They look at the film. They get to watch it as many times as they want, different angles, different shifts. A lot of players will watch all of their shifts, whether there was a goal on there or not. It could be a 30-second shift, and they'll watch it. So, obviously, there's things to be corrected, but if, if you're taking a look kind of at a, a broad eye test, it's hard to see where this team has any deficiencies. Goaltending's fantastic. Five on five, unbelievable. Power play rolls, penalty kill rolls. It's a team that I think is starting to really feel good about itself. They're starting to see the rewards of what they've put in as early on. Again, one goal in the first two games, very frustrating. Come back out the next one, hang four on Vegas, who a lot of people think, at least preseason, we're going to win the Pacific Division. I'm not sold on Vegas. I think they're a good team. I don't know if they're a great team. They had a hard time beating Ottawa tonight, and I think Ottawa's definitely well improved. They've only won one game. That loss dropped them to 1-5 and five as they head to Glendale for a matchup against the Coyotes on Saturday. But it's one of those where a Vegas team, I think a lot of people just like them because... Marc-Andre Fleury is a fantastic goaltender. They do have the firepower up front. Um, I have a lot of questions about their defense. I think defensively they're not the greatest team in the world. Um, the Oilers are off to a, such a hot start. I wonder if that stays. The only reason I have a little bit of confidence that that continues is because Dave Tippett is the head coach. Dave Tippett is a fantastic head coach. I think he got dealt a pretty bad hand towards the end of his time. It wasn't his fault or Don Maloney's fault at all. There was a lot of constraints on the budget and who could get brought in and almost an emphasis on you better hope the prospects turn out uh, because there isn't any money to really spend on some of the bigger names so uh, Tippett a guy that got the Coyotes back to the playoffs for the first time in a while back in 2010 and then did a fantastic job really uh, pushing for those uh, the first three years he was there he got that team into the playoffs and after that, a work stoppage and uh, so some more ownership issues and things didn't play out right for him. I think Dave Tippett's a great coach. A lot of questions behind him being, is he going to be able to coach high-end talent like Connor McDavid, like Leon Dreisaitl? Obviously, I don't think that's been an issue. But for the Oilers, uh, their goaltending always remains uh, to be seen, whether it be Koskinen or it be Mike Smith. I think Mike Smith going to be the one they roll with for a little bit just because his familiarity with Dave Tippett and so in terms of the Pacific I'm not sure how I feel about the Oilers the Ducks look good I think there's just a better feeling around the organization I think when uh, they went on that losing streak and Randy Carlisle eventually got fired at first he uh, Bob Murray had come out and said well yeah we trust Randy and then a couple weeks later he got fired so I think just the the aura and the energy around the Ducks was a little off last year. That seems to be changing, especially with John Gibson. And uh, for this team, uh, the Ducks, it'll be, I think they have the ability to keep it up. We'll see. We'll see if that offense lasts. Uh, but for the Coyotes, I think they're the most complete team in the NHL. I know that seems crazy to say, but 
they lost. The only two games that they lost in regulation were one-goal games. And then they went all, all the way to overtime. Had to come back from down two goals all the way to overtime with uh, arguably the league's best team. Uh, the only undefeated team left in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, the Coyotes, complete efforts every night. They beat Vegas, and they, they hung four on them, a, a team that a lot of people think are, is going to be at the top of the Pacific. Beat Nashville, a, lot of, a team that a lot of people think could be second in the Central, and maybe even first depending on how they play against Colorado. And so we'll see what the Coyotes do against uh, – and you don't want to say inferior opponent again. I think Ottawa is playing a lot better hockey than a lot of people expected to. I I don't think they're the worst team in the East. I think Detroit is worse than Ottawa. I think Ottawa has a lot of young firepower that's just trying to learn to play together and, and learn to play at the NHL level. Fun fact, former Coyote uh, Jordan Swores actually played a game for Ottawa earlier this week, and that was when I was searching on Hockey Reference yesterday. He was on the, the front page, and I was... Interested to see why he made it. Usually when you see guys who don't play in the NHL uh, make the front page, it's uh, usually not good. And uh, Swore's up there. It's because he played a game. A lot of people wondering where he came from. He had played in the NHL uh, for a couple of years. Uh, he ended up playing a few games for the Bruins a couple of years ago, but finally back in the NHL uh, playing in Ottawa. But... Uh, I don't think Ottawa is the worst team in the East. They're definitely going to be on the bottom. So, uh, But this this is a trap game, right, for a Coyotes team that's feeling very confident about themselves. Playing a team that doesn't quit. They pushed Vegas to the limit tonight and lost in a shootout that went six rounds. So push Vegas to the limit. A team, a lot of good firepower. Shabbat, they have uh, Brady Kachuk. Um, they just got Nemestikov, who's been really good for them. Anthony Duclair is starting to find himself in Ottawa. Um, so a team that, sure, might not be the best in the standings, but uh, they're definitely better than their one in five record says. So Coyotes, a lot of a lot of matchups against really good teams, a chance to play a team record-wise that is below them uh, before they hit the road and head off uh, to the. Metropolitan New York and upstate New York area. And if you plan on catching uh, the Coyotes before they head out on the road, best place to find tickets, Vivid Seats. Uh, dedicated to finding you the best ticket for the price that you're looking for. A great ticket marketplace. You can sort by price. You can sort by deal. Uh, you can find the section you want. You want to sit uh, center ice? You want to sit section 122, 101? See the game like you'd be watching it on TV uh, from a camera's perspective? Perfect. You like sitting behind a goal in the upper deck all the way at the last row, watching it like it's coach's film? Vivid Seats can find you that ticket as well. So a great ticket marketplace that's committed to finding new tickets to live experiences that last and that create memories that last a lifetime. As uh, rolling on here in the MLB postseason as well, Nationals already in. Uh, the Astros only one game away from clinching their ticket to the World Series. Maybe make a quick trip to New York, a red-eye flight, get out there, watch the Astros and the Yankees in Game 5. And if you want to do that, you can use the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive up to a discount of up to $100. Again, that is POSTSEASON for the promo code 
to receive a discount at checkout of up to $100 at Vivid Seats. Now before we wrap up here, I do want to talk about Darcy Kemper, who tonight uh, picked up another victory, allowed two goals, a goal that, uh, that second goal at least, a tough one for him to handle in the redirection by Bonino in front, but another outstanding effort by Darcy Kemper and a guy that just just won't quit. It's a goaltender that is playing out of his mind. And during the offseason, you think a lot of guys wouldn't necessarily fall off. But, you know, when you have a lot of momentum rolling and then you got to take a few months off, you've seen that, you know, maybe you wouldn't come back with the same, uh, not intensity, but with the, the same level of play. But Doshi Kemper somehow found an even bigger level of play and the next level as he has allowed only two goals or less in his last 12 starts, which is a Coyotes franchise record that was previously held by Nikolai Javi Bulin, and that's pretty good company, especially in the Coyotes organization. Arguably the best goalie to ever play for the Coyotes in Arizona, and Darcy Kemper on his way to taking over that title, and he's going to be the reason why they're so good. I think you look at a lot of teams that have won the Stanley Cup, that have made deep deep runs in the playoffs and their goaltender is the reason why last year Jordan Bennington I mean put that team on his back in terms of a defensive standpoint and really pulled the Blues back in the not only the playoff conversation but all the way to the Stanley Cup finals and and lifting it at the end of the year and the Coyotes are going to keep going the way they are uh he's going to have to continue to play well I don't have any doubts that he won't play well. He made 23 saves. You have to see a lot. And the Coyotes, again, really limit shot opportunities and, and shots on goal, especially when they're playing at even strength. So Darcy Kemper, hopefully he can keep it up. I think I think he will. A guy that I think will be the Vesna trophy winner. I think he'll win the Vesna. At the way he's going, he's going to. There's no way to deny him that. But I definitely feel that he is going to win the Vesna. I think a guy that got an extension, it was very important to get him that extension uh, at the start of this year. I don't know if John Chica saw that in practice or, or what he was seeing, but got that uh, two-year, $9 million deal uh, extension out of the way. So $4.5 million cap hit for a guy that could be uh, the Vesna winner. Again, seven games. I know things are early, but Darcy Kemper, you just got to tip your hat to him. I think he's played exceptionally well and playing out of his mind I don't think Auntie Ranta is going to give too much of a fuss as he understands that um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to get Kemper out of the net and I don't know if you will so um, Darcy Kemper I think the hidden star of this team I know uh, I wouldn't say hidden star in terms of the, the people that watch the, the games every night, but you just kind of take a look at the box score. Oh, the Coyotes finally starting to score. They're really piling it on. Darcy Kemper, he's uh, the reason that's where that team starts and that's where that team ends. And uh, A lot of the times it ends with two or less goals going behind Darcy Kemper, just like the last 12 games, and we'll see if they can continue it on Saturday when they play Ottawa. So, uh, speaking of that game, we'll preview that game a little bit deeper tomorrow on Locked on Coyotes. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at saskelson96. That is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. If you want to follow the show, that is at 
LO underscore coyotes. Once again, at LO underscore coyotes. Once again, tomorrow, we'll preview the Senators game. Uh, jump back in. I'll just give you the updated numbers on the five on five. I know stats aren't uh, the most uh, helpful things in terms of telling how good a team is, but I think the stats tell uh, the eye test perfectly. Um, so we'll jump into the updated five on five stats, which are just amazing to me. And uh, hopefully we'll cover everything else. Hopefully we'll get some good news about Jordan Osterley as well. We'll touch on that. Uh, what the team is going to do defensively on Saturday as well. So I appreciate you joining me. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow and hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.